We're on the record. I'm Sheila Cast. Good morning. Imagine Baltimore City as a human body, its pipes and water mains like arteries, and its trash and recycling services like white blood cells. It might surprise you to learn that these services, critical for daily life in Baltimore, are overseen by one department, the Department of Public Works. And that department is being asked to respond to some pressing challenges, including aging infrastructure, a 2002 consent decree regarding sewage and wastewater overflows, and more. Richard Luna is interim director of the Department of Public Works. He joins us now by Zoom. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. More than two decades ago, the city of Baltimore entered into a consent decree with the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, the U.S. Department of Justice, and the Maryland Department of the Environment to address sanitary sewer overflows, which are in violation of the Clean Water Act. What is the consent decree? Yes. And so, um, as you mentioned in the opening there, uh, the Department of Public Works, um, we have a huge task at our hand. And one of those tasks is managing our overall sewage system, which includes over 3,000 miles of sewer lines within our system and our two wastewater treatment plants. Um, that's over at Back River and Patapsco. Um, those two plants combined treat about 200 millions of gallons of wastewater daily. And so um, we, t- we take incredible um, um, strength in, in making sure that we're managing that system to the best of our abilities. And so the modified consent decree, as you've mentioned, the main purpose of that legislation is to prevent any sewage from coming out of our sanitary sewer system and entering the local waterways. And we've been doing great work over the past several years and making sure we're, we're doing the necessary improvements to improve the system overall. And we're happy to share that information out with the public at our meeting tomorrow night. Yeah, tomorrow evening, 6 p.m., your department is holding a public information meeting about progress on the modified consent decree. We have a link to register at our webpage. Tell me more about what progress has been made in the past year. So major projects that we've completed over this first phase of the modified consent decree, um, those projects and all of the improvements we're making to cleaning out the sanitary sewer lines, um, what we're seeing on our end in terms of the data is a 79% reduction overall for sewer overflow volume over the past three years and a 42% reduction in the number of of, of sewer overflows over the past three years. Um, And that's just a huge credit to the staff and our team that have taken on this task and have really aggressively gone out and made those major capital improvement projects within the sewer system. So what are the biggest challenges your department faces in addressing sewage overflows? Yeah, so I think you had mentioned it at the beginning. It's it's the aging infrastructure aspect of our overall system. Um, so Baltimore City and, and this region, um, as you know, has has um, aging infrastructure throughout our water and wastewater system. And so it's really about going through the system, taking a look at where those problem areas are, and then coming up with um, long-term capital improvement plans to making sure that we can address um, that, that sewer system, whether it's through replacement of aging infrastructure or just cleaning and lining of the sewer lines to making sure that the system is is performing as it's intended to. You said you've made progress with overflows recently, but your department reported in 2021 there had been more than 8,500 sewage backups in the city in the previous three years. Those backups sometimes overflow into streams, sometimes into people's homes. And the modified consent decree says the city should assist residents whose sewage backs up. Advocates are urging the city 
to expand those efforts uh, to include backups caused by blockages and cracks in city pipelines, but your department has resisted that expansion. Why? So the system and the improvements that we are making overall are, are, are the outcomes are, are performing as we intended to. Um, so one of those major projects that, that we've taken on is the completion of our Headworks project, which finished in 2021. Um, that was a, a hundreds of million dollars improvement project over at Back River. Um, but as you've seen that come online, you've, you started to see the overall reductions of the number of, of sewer overflows and the, and the overall number of sewer overflows throughout the system um, in the past three years. Uh, now we continuously look at what those response um, programs are like um, in terms of a basement or a building backup. Um, we have two existing programs that are in place, and we're in ongoing negotiations with the EPA on any kind of modifications to those programs in the years to come. So I'm not clear. Are you saying that you may help people when the backup is caused by blockages and cracks as opposed to a wet backup, a flood backup? So- so currently right now, the programs are designed to meet the requirements of the legislation. So there's a specific um, set of rules and stipulations that are under the legislation that address what weather capacity related overflows. And that's how the two programs are designed. Um, now we are in current negotiations and talking with the EPA if any modifications need to be made to those programs over the next few years. Um, and we're continuously having those talks with them. So it's still under discussion whether to help people whose backup is caused by cracks? Well, it's still, it's still under negotiation in terms of any modifications to the programs because those two programs do meet the current stipulations of the modified consent decree. Um, now, I will mention too, if a resident's experiencing a, a building or a basement backup within their home, their first step is to call 311. That information gets relayed over to our teams and then we're able to send out the necessary investigators to go and address the issue. This is On the Record. I'm Sheila Cass speaking with Baltimore City Department of Public Works Interim Director Richard Luna about his department's work on critical infrastructure in the city. We're talking about aging infrastructure, and as you know, the Baltimore Regional Water Governance Task Force, made up of county and city officials considering who will govern Baltimore's massive water and sewage infrastructure, A pair of draft recommendations have been put out, and the final recommendation is expected to be released by the end of this month. Are you worried about how changes to water, wastewater governance might complicate your department's job? Now, we're looking forward to seeing what those final recommendations are from the task force and then meeting with our respective um, partners throughout Baltimore City and then Baltimore County and seeing how um, whatever changes are going to come forth um, through this recommendation and how our uh, department can best support that. Um, So since the task force was formed back in the summer of 2023, uh, we met consistently with the task force members. We provided information to them on how we currently operate um, here within the Department of Public Works, and we'll continuously offer that support um, as the next phases of of the recommendation move forward. Well, is there anything that you're hearing discussed that worries you about how the system could operate? Now, overall, I think the recommendation from the task force is looking at both short-term and long-term steps and how to make overall improvements to to how the water system is managed within the Baltimore region. Um, and, and this is just work that should be taking um, taken part, and we're happy to provide those recommendations to the task force members um, in terms of next steps and on how we can make improvements to the overall system and how it operates. 
Your department is asking residents of Baltimore to survey the pipes in their own homes to check for lead. What do homeowners in the city need to know? Yeah, so the major thing for residents to know here is that this is a federal initiative that's a requirement for all water systems um, throughout the entire country. Um, so those are rules that, that went out earlier um, in, in the previous calendar year. Um, but Baltimore City right now is currently partnering with Baltimore County and making sure that the public is fully aware of what those program requirements are and then how they can best help us in terms of doing a full inventory of our water distribution system. Uh, so the other thing here to mention is that um, Baltimore City is responsible for all of the public infrastructure on the water distribution mains, um, all the way up to the water meters within the specific residences. So we need the public's help in going out and determining what material is within the service line that connects from the water meter into the public's home. And we have two upcoming meetings that will be happening at the end of January, um, one in Baltimore County, another one in Baltimore City. But that's really the, 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 the best next information for the public to come and be aware of. If they're, if they're available, we welcome them to come out to the meetings. We'll have on-site demonstrations on what that testing um, process is like and help answer any questions that they may have. Well, is it an effective strategy to ask everyday people to survey their own pipes for lead? Well, it's a, it's a very large distribution system that we have, and it's a huge undertaking that all water systems are having to do at the same time. Um, so if, if um, and Baltimore, um, this region has, has an older housing stock. So houses that were built before 1970s, we do not know what that service line material is like. And so, as you can imagine, there's a, a high number of, of residences that we need to go and collect that information from. So we really do need the public's help and assistance and being able to provide that information to us. And we have more um, information on our website on, on what steps you need to take in order to complete that survey. Once we have all of that information and all of that gets reported back um, to the state and to the federal government so we can determine next steps on, on any replacements that need to happen within the water distribution system. I guess what I'm really asking is how confident are you that ordinary folks will get it right and that the information you'll get back will be accurate? So there is a, a quality assurance and checks and balances process that we do take um, in terms of receiving the survey information. Um, so we are asking people to document um, their, their testing results and to show us pictures. Um, that information gets relayed over to our experts. Um, they review that information um, and they're cross-checking it with our records and doing our best to making sure that we're providing accurate information as we report back the survey results to the state and federal government. Richard Luna, thank you for talking to us. I appreciate it. Thank you. Richard Luna is Interim Director of Baltimore City's Department of Public Works. The department's annual public meeting on the consent decree starts at 6 p.m. tomorrow at 1800 Washington Boulevard. The link to register, suggested but not required, is at the On the Record page at WYPR.org. Short break on the record. When we're back, who will run Baltimore's regional water and sewage infrastructure is an open question. How have other cities like Baltimore answered it? I'm Sheila Cass. Stay with us.